welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. Today, we welcome Hung Tren. In 2017, Hung returned to work as a market research and consumer insights professional in Miami, Florida, after staying at home full-time to care for her children for seven years. In 2016, she was jobless. It took her over a year to find the job that she loved, and ultimately, she was even nominated for the Employee of the Year and featured on the company website for her impact on customer experience and internal collaboration. Hung told us, people often think that because I had an Oxford MBA and graduated as the top student from University of Arizona, things must have been very easy for me when I tried to go back to work. In reality, it was very challenging, especially when I was looking for a job in Miami where Spanish fluency is almost always a prerequisite for any marketing job. English is not my native language and I didn't speak Spanish well enough for work. So I started by volunteering 30 hours a week for six months at a local startup and a hospital, helping them with marketing and research. It helped give me more recent work-related stories to tell hiring managers, and it boosted my confidence as well. I'm grateful to my recruiters and the hiring managers who were willing to take a chance on me. We talked to Hung about how she went from, quote, feeling like a dinosaur and not knowing what she wanted to do to where she is today. Hung, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Thanks, Carol, for having me here today. I have been a fan of you and I Relaunch. Thank you so much for all your hard work and dedication to help many people go back to work. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with us. And I want to start where we usually start when we're talking to relaunchers, and that is to first talk about your early work experience. Yes. So I had my marketing degree from University of Arizona. After I graduated from college, I went back to Vietnam, my home country, and worked for Citibank as a management trainee. And then we moved to Singapore. I was moving to Singapore with my husband. And I worked at Muir Brow, a market research agency, um, as a market researcher. I then... Mm, We then moved to Luxembourg and I was thinking maybe I could do my MBA. We didn't have children then and I was still young. I went to the UK and did my MBA at University of Oxford. In 2009, when I was in Japan doing a consulting project with my MBA classmates, I found out that I was pregnant with with our first child. Wow. Okay. And then you were home for seven years. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about that. Were you primary, primarily focused on your family and caregiving during that time? Or were you doing anything to stay current in your field? You know, as I was a new mom, and initially I thought I could just have my baby and stay home with him for a few months or maximum a year or so, and then go back to work. But Mm -hmm. in reality, it didn't happen. We were living in Luxembourg at the time, and far away from our family, my husband was traveling all the time. So I was the one who was taking care of him. 
one year turned into two years. Then we had another baby, and just like that, six years went by, like a like a freeze. Like a how do I say that? <laughs> like um. Yeah. I, I know it's like a flash, like yes, in a flash, like a flash. Um, yeah. So I I knew that I would go back to work someday, but to be honest with you, Carol, I didn't know when, and I didn't know how. I just knew that I I will go back eventually. Mm-hmm. During my six year at home, seven years at home, my kids were still small. It was so hard to focus on anything else. I remember yeah. that it was even. Difficult to go to the bathroom, and I, I think that many moms can relate to this situation. Yes, for sure. So I made a conscious decision that I would focus on my kids for the first few years. However, since I was a child, I have been always involved in volunteer and community service. So I said to myself, maybe I can volunteer because it. Volunteering doesn't require the same focus that you do when you study, right? Um, and during this time, I was asked to be part of the leadership team at Viet MBA. Viet MBA is an online forum that helps Vietnamese professionals who wanted to go to the top MBA programs in the U.S. and Europe. Mm. Um, and all of us were volunteers, so I was doing a lot of mentoring for those young professionals. And thanks to Viet MBA, a lot of Viet, uh, Vietnamese students and Vietnamese professionals have an online channel to share experience and support each other. And many of them actually received MBA scholarships to go to school like Harvard, MIT, and Stanford. Hmm. Also, during those seven years, I also volunteered to be the room parent. I was a room parent for three years, and I think Carol, I think you did this too. Um, so you know how yeah. how much work that went behind the scene. I was organizing fundraising events and activities for the class. I was also Uh, very active in the local moms group, um, we would organize events for moms and kids. And actually, I didn't plan to do those activities. I just it just happened that someone asked me, or I felt that it may be good for me to connect with other parents and find more more friends for my kids. And that's how it happened. Wow. Well, that I certainly did that myself. You're absolutely right. Um, and also your experience of thinking that you're only going to be on career break for a year or two, and all of a sudden you wake up one day and six years have gone by. <laughs> I completely relate to that, uh, and that's what happens with a, with a lot of career breaks. They're they're longer than people think they're going to be. Yes. So. Uh, very great background. Thank you for giving us a complete picture uh, of that, those early years. Uh, so tell us about the market and consumer insight field. I'm, I'm guessing that this is a field that changes quickly and you were out for seven years. And how did you think about catching up and updating your skills? This is a great question, and at the time when I decided that I I was ready to go back in 2016, I had no clue what I would do. I knew that I would go back to marketing, but I was doing public relations 
and I was also working in market research, and I loved uh, both these fields. So I wasn't sure what I would do, to be honest with you. And I remember that in 2016, I was taking a class from um, Professor Eric Reiflesch. This is a class in marketing in a digital world by University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. Mm. And it was such an eye-opening course. This course is, was free from Coursera. And I, I really realized how much all the marketing mix, the four Ps, product, price, promotion, and place, have, have changed completely. Mm-hmm. For example, we learned about the case of Threadless, where consumer would be could be would be part of the um, making the product experience. They every week, anyone can submit their designs online, and then they will have a public vote to choose the ten designs. Those ten designs will be printed on clothing and other products and sold worldwide. Um, so it was a very phenomenal course, and I realized that I needed to learn new digital tools such as Google Analytics, and that's how I became certified in Google Analytics first. It didn't help me get my first job, but it helped me get the first volunteer job at Miami Children's Hospital. Huh. Uh, so... Tell us a little bit more about that. How did that happen? And were you trying to look for paid work at first and then you kind of gave up and volunteered or were you using volunteering intentionally as an interim strategy? Yes. So at first I applied to many, many positions. I was thinking maybe over a hundred positions that I applied and I got a few interviews but when I went to the interviews, the hiring manager asked me, tell us about your experience, your work experience. And my experience was so long ago. It was seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And I could feel that I didn't make it. I didn't make it. Um, so mm-hmm. it was very difficult for me and I didn't find anything. So that's why I decided that uh, I want some work experience so that I can tell the hiring manager. And I found this volunteer opportunities at Miami Children's Hospital, and it asked for a six-month commitment. Mm-hmm. I was volunteering for them uh, two days a week, and it was a great um, environment. People were very supportive. I really had fun with them, but I felt that marketing, I was volunteering for marketing department, and I felt that marketing for uh, healthcare is a bit um, different from what I I imagine or what I want to do. So I decided that I want to do another volunteer, and that's when I I started volunteering for a startup in Miami. And... Uh- Hung, when you were taking that uh, University of Illinois Urbana course, um, was that an online course? How were you accessing it? Yes, it is an online class and it was free. I believed that it is still free if you decide to audit or you can 
pay a certain uh, amount of money, but it's very minimal to get the mm -hmm. certificate. So yes, it is still available. And another program that I highly recommend is the digital marketing uh, program from Udacity. Udacity mm -hmm. is is founded by someone, he, he used to work for Google. And uh, what I love about this course is that um, it is really practical. It gives you a lot of hands-on practice and by the end of it, you can have a portfolio to show the employers. And that's what I did. I took a few certificate, they call it nano degree, but essentially it's a certificate program. It takes uh -huh. about two to three months and you get to do a lot of work, uh, real work, which you can showcase to your employers. And I took digital marketing from them. I also took um, business analytics and mm -hmm. um, UX design research from Udacity. And I, I have to say that those experience really helped me get the job and the, the job after that. Ah, and uh, so you, you do you think you spent about a year taking these courses or like over what period of time are you taking them? I actually didn't find out about Udacity until uh, 2017. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I started by taking the digital marketing in the digital world from University of Illinois via Coursera. And then mm -hmm. I did some internship, like free work for about six months. And then I took the Udacity class, um, and then I found my first job. Uh, so after I found my first job, I was continuing taking online classes one after another. And it's, it's really um, exciting because it was, you know, I, I have been a good student, uh, but I didn't feel that passion for learning until that, uh, that time. You know, I just got so excited to learn new things because it is very practical. Yes. And tell us a little bit more. I just want to like wind back a little bit. So you're taking these courses and then what year and how long did it take you um, to get a job? Like how how long did you try to look for work? So I took the class, the online class, the digital marketing in uh, in your digital world first, then um, at that time, Udacity, I didn't know about Udacity. So I applied and I got a lot of rejection emails. I felt pretty down. Um, and I, I think that this is very common. After you stay at home for a while, you became, your confidence is, is really suffered. Uh, and it is normal. It is really normal. I really, uh, I forgot that uh, I have uh, overcame a lot of obstacles in my earlier life. I forgot that even though I came to the US without knowing a lot of English, I graduated from the marketing program from the business school as a top student. I mm. also forgot that uh, from someone who, who, when I first applied to college, I didn't get into Ivy League school. I got into an unknown school with a scholarship. And a few years later, I ended up getting the um, admission to University of Oxford, which I never expected. So mm -hmm. I think that it is important to to know that, you know, co your confidence will go down a little bit 
after you stayed mm-hmm. home. It is normal. Yeah. And the yeah, way to get to it, too. yes, it happened to you too. So, so I'm not alone. And one way to get it back to where it was, or one way to increase it is to prepare. How I prepare is I was taking classes online. I was doing internship. Um, and then um, after I, I did my internship, I got the offer from the startup that I volunteer for. Um, I, didn't, I didn't go with them at the end uh, because I, I was quite picky. Even though I, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of offers, I did have two offers at that time. After I finished my volunteer with the startup, I had the offer from the startup and I had another offer from a bigger company. I decided to go with the big company um, because I really liked the hiring team. I felt a great connection. However, just two weeks before I was supposed to start, they called me and they said that mm, they had to take back the offer because oh, no. the company was going through a merger at that time and you know, it was not a good time for them to hire a new person. I was so disappointed uh, for a few hours. And uh, after that, I realized that it was actually a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, hold on a second. So you took these courses, you, um, tried to, you tried to apply for jobs, you got lots of rejections. So then you started volunteering at the startup and at the hospital. And then you end up, after your volunteering, you end up actually getting an offer from the startup and this other company you got an offer from. How did you get that offer from the other company? Like, where did that come from? When I got the offer from the other company was uh, because I, I told them about my internship experience. And at the startup, I was working really hard. I, I was building relationship with everyone at the startup. We had about 10 people. And um, I actually told them that, you know, I, I like working here. And so when you have an opportunity, I would love to work for you. Mm-hmm. I think that if I didn't uh, share that with them, maybe they didn't make the offer. So I think it is important that we have to uh, tell people what we want. Um, and yes, so that's what I learned from my experience. So was the offer at the big companies, you had applied for it or somehow, like, how did it happen? That offer, actually, uh, I th- I remember it was the recruiter who reached out to me and she actually emailed me first. No, she reached out first via LinkedIn. And I looked up the company and I thought, oh, this company is too far away. And I didn't reply to her. She mm-hmm. then a few days later, she emailed me and she said, you know, I have reached out to you via LinkedIn. I think this job would be perfect for you. And that's when I decided, okay, let's, let's give her a call. Then we uh, talked to each other and um, I decided to apply. When I met with the hiring team, I really liked them. Uh, And the only problem is the company is uh, about one hour and a half drive from my house. So it would be, it would take about three hours to commute every day if I were to take that job. And both of us, the hiring manager and I, we were talking about this. And because they really liked me, and I really liked them, 
mm-hmm. we decided that we will make it this work. Uh, at yeah. the end, um, due to the um, financial circumstance, we it didn't work, and that's why I said that it was a blessing in disguise, because I don't think that it will be sustainable if I were to take that job. Right. Wait, let me ask you. So you said a recruiter reached out to you through LinkedIn. Did you have these two volunteer roles on your LinkedIn profile as part of your experience? Is that why she might have reached out because you were doing market research or uh, marketing related um, roles as a volunteer? Yes, I had it listed. I had both roles listed. I also had a recommendation from my boss at the hospital. So I was working on my LinkedIn profile and I think it was in 2017 uh, when LinkedIn was was already big, but now it's even more important to have uh, an online presence. So I think definitely we should, uh, should have LinkedIn and work on it, have a good profile. Yeah, well, I'm just impressed that, you know, you, you couldn't get the jobs that you uh, paid offers that, that you wanted at first. So you pursued this volunteer work. You were doing these two unpaid uh, roles, but they were real roles. And so you were able to put them on your LinkedIn profile. And that experience, even though it was unpaid, prompted a, a recruiter to reach out to you to apply for a paid job. And I, I just think that's worth noting you know that's pretty amazing so uh, thank you i wanted to call that out for our for our listeners um so then what happened after that offer got rescinded then did you have to start looking again and applying all over the place yes so uh, i i had to start over again and i remember at that time that i wasn't used to failure I, you know, before staying at my, at home with my children, I I never experienced any failure. And I think when I started applying for jobs, that's when I first tasted the biggest failure in my life. A lot of rejection emails. And I even remember I went to an interview at Google and the lady was asking me, oh, so you went to University of Oxford? And where is it? And I was thinking, ah. oh, she doesn't know. Then, you know, I have a problem here. Yeah. <laughs> not only that I didn't have a lot of experience now. I mean, people may not know what school I went to, you know, the significance of it. And I just had to continue my search and to stay humble and know that I had a mountain to climb. I had a lot to learn. And that's, that's my attitude at that time. And I think it served me well. Another thing I want to mention is the, the volunteer experience. It is also, you know, I'm looking at this from high side, right? Because I have done through, I have gone through two internships. I would advise that when you choose where you want to do an internship, it's, it's very important that you choose a small place. And the reason why I said that is because when you intern at a small place, you get to do so many things. You, you get power mm-hmm. uh, as opposed mm-hmm. to when you volunteer for a big company, they, they, they are you know, more likely give you some job, but it's very narrow. So maybe if you want to have a 
big brand name and make good connection or you want to work for that company, then it is a good approach. But if you want to learn, then I think it's better to go with a small company. So Hung, I remember when we were talking earlier, you said that when you were in Miami, uh, you didn't speak Spanish very well and that was an issue. So how did you overcome that? Yes, as you may know, in Miami, we have a lot of people who speak Spanish as their native language. And I realized that I it would be very challenging to get a job in marketing without knowing Spanish. Therefore, I enrolled myself in a local community college to learn Spanish. I went to class almost, I think, about three times a week. And I was I was able to speak some Spanish, but it wasn't good. It wasn't good enough for work. At that mm-hmm. time, um, I knew that I need to try something else. So I contacted my friends uh, to let them know that, hey, I'm looking for a job. Do you have anyone that you can recommend? And actually, they, a few of them tried to connect me with their husband and set up a few interviews for me. And I got uh, one or two offers, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I turned down mm-hmm. the offers and I kept mm-hmm. looking. I I got the call from the recruiter for the for the job, um, uh, I think the first job when I was working in a startup, um, and that mm-hmm. lady actually didn't mention Spanish. I was so glad <laughs> that she didn't ask for Spanish. <laughs> so I, mm-hmm. I think that there are always opportunities out there. You just have to keep looking and keep learning and try. I tried Spanish. It didn't work for me. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But I kept trying other ways. I, w- I was learning new things every day. Um, and then how did you end up getting the job that the offer that you actually took? The offer that I took was the job that uh, it was at uh, a digital marketing agency and it was in market research. But I thought that if I work in a digital marketing agency, I would learn a lot. I was a project manager. And it was true. I really learned a lot of about you know managing different projects in the in a digital marketing agency. After three months, um, I was still content with my job. You know I really appreciated the chance to work again and to get paid. So I didn't have any issue. However, after I got that offer, I started my job. I started getting a lot of invitation from recruiters, and there was one email from the recruiter talking about the opportunity to work as a market researcher at a telecom company. And that piqued my curiosity. I went for the interview and I realized that I want to go back to market research. That's that's really a field that I am passionate about. And that's when I decided to move to the telecom company to go back to market research. And so let me just go back when you got the offer of the job that you were in, um, the, the, sec- the actual job that you took, even though you ended up then looking for another job afterward with the telecom company. But when you got the offer that you took, how did you get that offer? Did, did a recruiter, the same recruiter um, 
help you get that next offer or did something else happen? Did you just apply and somehow you started to, and you got a more of a response? I just applied. Um, that job, I didn't go through a recruiter. I applied directly and lucky for me, the hiring managers, both of them are mothers. And they actually told me that you are a mother and you know, we know that from our experience, mothers deal very well with people. As a project manager, that's what you, we expect you to do, to handle different, different, different types of personalities and make things happen. So I was lucky in that sense that they understand the benefits um, of my experience as a mom can bring to the agency. And then once you, um, but then you ended up leaving that job and you ended up getting the job that you really loved, which was with the market, the market research job with the telecom company. Did you have to do more updating of your skills in market research to learn, like learn the, the latest thinking in the field? Or did you learn that on the job? You know, Carol, it is a great question and you nailed it. I actually, when I was taking the job at the digital marketing agency, I continue working on my online classes and I finished the digital marketing course from Udacity uh, during that, that time, which means, um, I, and actually that, that certificate um, helped me land the job at the telecom company. I showcased my portfolio during the interview and it happened that the company, the telecom company was looking for someone who has the traditional market research experience, but also understand the digital world, digital marketing. And I had that combination. Mm -hmm. I, I want any employer to listen to this because I think in marketing, relaunchers, uh, relaunchers offer a very unusual combination that Hung is is highlighting here. The classic marketing background plus the new layer of understanding like the new marketing, the digital marketing. And people who are newer grads only know the digital marketing piece but don't have that fundamental like classic marketing training. And I, I think it's a unique offering that relaunchers have that you might not find with any other uh, talent pool. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that a relaunchers can bring to the table is the ability to build community, the, the ability to influence without authority, which I was able to do um, in my job at the telecom company. Mm-hmm. The ability to influence without authority, an incredible skill, and I'm so glad you're highlighting that. Um, Hung, I also want to mention um, something that you and I had talked about before we were on this broadcast together, and you told me that you had joined, joined Toastmasters at some point, which is, for those of you who don't know, the organization that uh, where people join to learn to become better public speakers, and they... Toastmasters.org is a global organization and they have chapters everywhere and it's relatively inexpensive to join. And I want to know if you can tell us a little bit about how did you find out about Toastmasters Masters, and what was your experience once you joined it? Yes, my relationship with Toastmasters is an off and on relationship. I first knew about Toastmasters when I was 19 
And I, my host father, at that time I was an exchange student in Michigan. My host father was a professor, university professor, and he took me to a Toastmaster club where I would meet a lot of professors. And as you know, professors are good speakers. So that was yeah. my first experience. And even though they were super nice, I was intimidated because they were so good. And I didn't join the club right then. However, when we moved to Singapore, I remember that, oh, maybe I can join a Toastmaster club to get to know the locals and improve my public speaking skills. I decided to join the club and I was the VP for PR for the club. Um, it was a great experience. However, after I became a mom, I, I couldn't go to the, the meeting. Um, and we had a Toastmaster club in Luxembourg, in Miami, in, in the places that we were living. I just didn't have the time to go. In 2016, my kids were in school. That's when I decided that I want to renew my relationship with Toastmaster. I went to the club meeting in Coral Gables, which is part of Miami. And it just happened that I joined I think it's the best club ever because the club has members who are professional speakers who has given TED Talk, like you, Carol. And ah. we have CEOs. I remember we had even um, a CEOs of um, recruitment agency. So it's different kinds of leaders in the club and they are very articulate. I, in the club, in the club meeting, we always have a session. It's called table topic session, where mm -hmm. anyone can be called upon to give a speech from one to two minutes. It's like an impromptu speech that you didn't, you don't really have time to prepare. And whenever I joined that session, I felt so nervous because everyone seemed like they 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 know so well what they are going to talk and whenever someone got called they just delivered like they had prepared <laughs> and of course it took me um you know i just had to to push myself to go to the meeting um and after a while i realized that interviews are very similar in a sense that you get asked questions and you you don't really have time to prepare in advance and you just give an answer from one to two minutes. That's how that table topic session is. And that mm. really prepared me for the interviews indirectly. That is such a good point. Um, I, listeners, I wanna highlight what Hung saying here in her Toastmasters experience the exercise that they would go through on the table topics and having to give an impromptu one to two minute talk uh, unprepared about a random topic, she's saying was great uh, preparation for, for interviews. And I love that idea of joining Toastmasters as part of interview prep. So I hope everyone uh, takes note of that. Hung, we are coming into the final part of our time together right now. And I wanted to end by asking you the question that we ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience? Even if it's something we've already talked about today. Carol, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. 
I want to end this conversation by sharing three things that I have learned. First, when you look, when we look for a job after a long break, it is normal that we get a lot of rejection emails. That is part of the process. I applied to over a hundred positions and got only a few handfuls of interviews and didn't get the first good offer until a year later. So just be patient. Secondly, for people who stay at home to care for family members, we have so much to give to the employer. And why I say that? Because when you stay at home, it takes a lot of compassion, a lot of patience and humility to do this job. And those are the great traits of a leader as we go back to work and bring those great traits with us. I am absolutely certain, absolutely certain that we will create a lot of value for the company that we work with. Last but not least, we just have to keep on learning. I think that we, we go back during this time. It is a very good time because we have so many online resources available and very often for free or at a very minimal cost. I could name Udemy, Coursera, edX, Udacity, YouTube, and we just have to keep on learning and never give up. That is such excellent advice. Three pieces of great advice. Hung, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Carol. And thanks for listening to 321i Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch conferences and events and to sign up for our job board and access our return to work tools and resources, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us. 